Welcome to a new episode of Live Evil Pod. My name is Prime LOL. I am back. This has been another good week. At least it ended well. We are 1-1 on the week. Had a tough matchup and uh, definitely had a good bounce back. And we have reasons for that. So today's show, we're just going to go over the games that happened in the past week before we do a little preview of the Super Week. We'll also get a chance to talk about any challengers and uh you know how we are so before we get down to the gaming business let's talk a little bit about some of the thoughts i have about this recent week the whole uh, danny situation in evil geniuses to date we still have not heard anything from the organization and which is highly highly disappointing continue to be scared of like what that would mean because they're losing you know people by the day people who are just uh, unhappy about the whole organizations. And I don't blame them. I think there, there, there could have been a better response to the whole situation. Uh, it's just that it's not happening and it's not happening in any time soon. So uh, that makes it very much uh, worst for the PR on the PR front and definitely harder and harder for some just newer fans to justify uh you know being wanting to stay faithful but this is neither the show to tell you what to do we just hope that you like to tune in and talk a little bit of the lcs front with me because i am here for the boys for the boys and here to feel entertained by what they give and really to celebrate their achievements when they win to be there uh, and watch you know all the shenanigans that they do off the rift too because they deserve a lot of our admirations for being athletes and it's not an easy job for sure it's not just about playing video games guys this is an actual uh, professional sport and even you know athletes like Shaq and and other um, well-known traditional sports um, type of people would acknowledge the grind is not it's not a, a oh sit at home chill uh, play a couple of norms play a couple of arams and make money that way now they they are precise the amount of hours they put in would make any normal person uh you know burnt out or stretched to their limits and there's a lot of mental energy put into it so this is the Kind of a, a sidetrack for me as my ADHD is kind of kicking in. So let's talk about uh, my thoughts on this. As I was uh, just this morning, as I was thinking about the show, I was like, what can be done to restore the image? What can be done to truly uh, 
restore some faith uh, for many eg hopefuls many like uh, people who are still wanting to root for our boys right but really don't uh, want to be associated with the organization itself now there are a couple of steps that i think uh, can be done in my opinion and i would like to hear from yours as well if these are some some things that uh, will help but i i certainly don't anticipate that big uh, orgs do things like this um I'll, I'll deviate a little bit from the typical thought, which is, oh, let's fire the people that are responsible. Let's like throw tomatoes at them and, and, and slander their names all across social media and force a change. In my estimation, we want to look at the human side of things. And definitely one of the steps that I think this organization can take is be very much acknowledge the gaps, the you know, lack of competency, the um, things that fell through the crack, acknowledge that publicly and give us a sense of how they're fixing this. A little bit of transparency, a little bit of accountability will be go a long way. Um, we are living in a country that can be can extend forgiveness, but only if, you know, true acknowledgement and remorse is shown. So that's one step uh, a statement and and something to show that they're taking this, um, taking the steps needed to repair, not just uh, the relations with their fans, but definitely repair their relations with the players and treating the players as they should be treated with decency and dignity and respect. And so, hiring a mental health consultants, hiring mental health uh, professionals into the organization would be a great first step. Secondly, I think a private, hear me out, private apology from the heads, the, the upper management, if you will, to the Sakamaki family and really keep it under wraps. Nobody needs to know about it, but you really do need to acknowledge to the family how you've um, failed to take care of, uh, of their son, take care of Danny, who they've uh, entrusted to you not just his career, but also his whole, uh, you know, interest in you, his health, his well-being, his um, overall happiness, right? And that uh, uh, that apology is a human-to-human aspect. This is not from an org perspective, but certainly do that in a pub, uh, private, sorry, private atmosphere. Nobody needs to know about it, but that would definitely help me, even if I don't know about it, or haven't heard anything in a public sphere, but if, you know, I would know that they have taken the steps to reach out to the family at the very least, that would uh, that would be very, very uh, good in my opinion. So what do you guys think about that? those ideas? I, I certainly want to hear from you, kind of hear from your reply. You can hit me up on Reddit uh, and on Twitter sphere at liveevilpod. I and those are my two main social media platforms that I interact with different peoples and uh, talk about this show. So aside from that, let's dive into LCS. This week, it was a one-on-one. We lost our first game, and then we won our second game. And our loss is against C9. Sort of... Kind of uh, was open to that idea. I think we could have won that game. Uh, definitely could have been much closer. 
But uh, some of the things that took us by surprise is that Jojo Pion was not feeling well and he had to play remotely. And it, 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 no, most of the times I've seen players play through illness, it seems that the drop-off wasn't as significant most of the times. But this is um, a clear, uh, clear effect. Uh, the illness had the effect on Jojo Pion because... Uh, he he's known for risk taking. He's known sometimes to be sloppy. That, but this, in particular, this game, it felt like his reactions were so slow that any um, you know diamond or platinum players could have just uh, taken him out. But he had to face against arguably one of the best mid laner in the LCS right now in Eminem's. Um and this game just got out of hand very quickly because of the early misplays, early deaths, early mistakes, and um, you know. Brought on by a not so hundred percent Jojo Pion, so let's run down the um, the lineup. So Cloud Nine, they took Scion, Gragas, Trindamir, uh, Lucian Nami. So the bot lane, the very standard Lucian Nami. You have that early game. Trindamir is an off meta pick. Nobody plays Trindamir in this current meta. I have not seen him played in any other regions, uh, in the major regions. But this was a great answer by C Nine against. Uh, Jojo, alongside with that of a, a, a super tanky Scion and a very strong Gragas play by Blabber, this was a very, very difficult team comp. If you cannot kill the Trendomir, if you cannot get past the Scion, you are not touching the Lucian. And of course, Nami is there to help him with speed, right? Uh, our side, some they picked the Cassante, Inspired picked the Elise. Jojo picked Yone, FBI picked Aphelios, Vulcan picked Thresh. Aphelios Thresh, very great, uh, powerful late game scaling uh, type of uh, combination. Um, and, you know, Elise is always a strong um, individual jungling um, type of champ. And Cassante is Cassante. Uh, the Yone is sort of, I would think, a, uh, what do you call those? A big brain type of pick. Uh, you want to be soloing uh, the lane. You want to uh, lane kingdom and and do outperform your opponents in a one v one type of situation. Uh, I think this game could have been a lot better from our end. Like I already mentioned, um, some of the notes I've taken. You know, Jojo died twice. Uh, first time at the four thirty mark, he's pushing too far into the tower against MNS and you know just his reaction looked really really poor and MNS just ran him down with the Trindomir uh, very much just uh, buzzsaw cut through him he got back to lane very quickly and then he was a victim of a very very um, perfect gank by Blabber and MNS and then you already put MNS two kills ahead um, and Jojo is already behind behind in gold behind in experience and behind in kills that sort of set the tone for the rest of the game as our team kind of looked a little bit dis so disjointed, but I do have to give credit to Vulcan and Blabber because at the 11-44-minute uh, mark, that fight was amazing. As you can see, Vulcan on the Thresh, his hooks has been almost to perfection. And then, you know, have that follow-up by Aphelios and Inspired. They won the bot lane. They won the fight. It was it was. In our favor. And mind you, this is against Berserker and Zven. Now, okay, say what you will about Zven. It's still C9 that it has a very good team. But, you know, FBI was no worse than Berserker. I think he matched Berserker 
very well and continues to feel that he is an underrated ADC because people are googly eyed for you know Prince for Berserker, Double Lift, uh, Stixay, all of those names are are thrown out. I've heard some praises for FBI, but not a lot. People still are kind of out on them. And it, to my surprise, some people say that someday is playing worst. And I don't see that. I feel like, you know, 2021 was definitely a down year for him, but this is someday on average. Um, to be fair, where I heard is that they say that, you know, other top laners may be uh, more impressive and that someday is not exactly playing bad, but it's just uh, he's not someday that they know about in the past where someday hyper carries can hyper carry. I think this version of someday still on the same level as last year someday and he will show up great. He didn't die at all during this whole game on the Cassanti 204 uh, stat line, but you know, it was it was really hard to make a comeback. Uh, our boys tried to hold as far as uh, as long as they can. Uh, the goal differential at 15 was less than a thousand gold. I think it was even less than fewer than 500 gold. So it was very back and forth game. It was at the 27 minute mark. That's when all hell broke loose. It was a bad fight. Um, you know, the C9 bot lane and Fudge are catching out someday who was trying to go for the blue buff. And then, you know, Inspired was trying to path in, but Blabber just deleted him. It, was, it didn't, it took him like three hits and he deleted the Elise off the map. They were all piling onto Someday. Someday somehow escaped, but JoJo decided to TP into the middle between all four of C9. And from there, it was just chaos and they wiped them out. Uh, I think uh, all but Someday was caught in that crossfire. They died. This gave C9 a free shot at the Baron. They took the Baron. They stormed the base. And, you know, it was at the 30-minute mark when all seemed to be lost. But that fight, that scrappiness, uh, when they pushed into the Nexus, we took them out. We successfully defended the base. And that was just a few moments of uh, relief where you saw, like, hey, they still got it. They can still make this a game. C9 tried to storm the base again right after everyone revived. Again, this time JoJo ulted very well. Um, and, and a combination of Inspired and FBI, it, it just, we defended the base twice. And so you can sort of feel like maybe if the game held out a little bit longer, we could have shifted the momentum. But, um, you know, it was really hard because they already have four to four drakes to our one drake. They had the soul and, you know, they had the map advantage. So they set up for the second Baron fight. It is at that point when we try to disrupt them or try to contest for the Baron, they wiped us out and that kind of ended the game. Scoreline, as you can tell, it's uh, we, we were down 7000 gold at the end of the game. Uh, 13 to 10 kills although i have to say c9 was ahead for most of the part most of the game it was eight of those kills came in the last base defense so mind you we were down in kills so good on c9 i think they are moving well along and i think they are now uh sort of like the the i guess the analyst favorite to challenge FlyQuest. we will see what happens in super week
but you know, for the split, we are one one. We dominated them in the first game, um, and they won, beat us in the second game. So coming into Thursday, then, you know, JoJo is sick. What are we gonna do about that? He clearly didn't look good. Um, kudos to him for trying to play through it. I, I think some people outside the EG fandom are like blaming the org for making sick people play through. But come on, guys. Sick, like people with COVID play through their game. You see this in LCK a lot of times. You see this in LEC. We can see it definitely in the LEC before. So this is nothing new. It's just they try to push through. They try to make it happen. I mean, Fudge at one point was playing from home because he thought he had COVID and they, they didn't have issues with that. But somehow this is an issue right now. Give me a break. Um, in any case, the whole team wasn't feeling well. I think everyone played from the game house at that point. Uh, Someday didn't feel good. Inspire didn't feel good. I think Vulcan and FBI were okay, but JoJo was definitely not okay. And so an emergency sub of Ryoma, Tommy, came into, with short notice, came into Friday to sub in for JoJo Pyun. And so this episode, man, is dedicated to Tommy, Tommy Ryoma. Um, he came in with short notice, but definitely uh, looked good. Um we are up against CLG. We were the third game of this slate. Um, we lost to CLG last time. If you all remember that in our, uh, I think it was early into the season, we had the lead, then we threw it mid-game. So a bit of a get right for us, a bit of a we need to get this back. We can't let that slip. So let's go through the draft. Uh, someday now takes the scion knows how dominant it is almost killable if you will then inspired went with the poppy so now we got two beefy frontline Ryoma took the azir very much a champ that he's comfortable with um, and then FBI took Varus and Vulcan took the ash CLG came in with Cassante Phi, Gragas mid Luger on the um on the Callista and Poom on Nautilus. So, again, like I mentioned, the, the games were played remotely. They were not on stage. CLG was fully on stage. And so the game started out pretty quickly at 4 minutes, 4.50. There was a bot lane trade of uh, FBI for Luger. <laughs> the, the bot lane just pushed them all the way into the tower and they saw the chance. That was so much aggression I've ever seen from FBI. But man, uh, the first blood helped. We got the first blood and then he ended up dying. So it was a bot lane trade. But then it became another bot lane uh, fight and FBI came out winning a lot of times. And by the 10 minute mark, he had three solo kills. By the 11th minute mark, he had four solo kills. So FBI was way ahead um and clg still had no kills we dominated the map from then on it was a bit of a mistake down the line fbi tried to move in for the mid tower on his own and then just got like three man ganked from all sides and uh, you know you lost a bit of a bit of a bounty by the 15 minute mark we were already up 2000 gold we were pushing into towers we took the dragons or, and and the, the game just felt like it's in our hands now, so snowballing begins. This happened last time, so they have to be very careful what happens at the 25-minute mark. Now, uh, 
this time it was it felt so much more different because FBI was so far ahead. He just the bot lane was just a huge gap, huge there. Vulcan with his excellent uh, alts hitting uh, the opponents with the, the ash arrow, and Ryoma was probably one of the bigger surprises because he played so well. It makes you think like if this team had a control type of aggression from the mid lane, they probably won more games than they lost. And that's crazy to say because I think we we lost about four games so far. So what, half of those maybe we would win? I'm not saying Ryoma is better than Jojo. I know what some of you are thinking. No, Jojo Pion will always be a better player. And I would really, really wish for Jojo to be with Evil Geniuses all throughout his career, he'll make us great. He will be the franchise player. Um, but Ryoma is a different type of mid that does well when the team around him really uh, takes the pressure off from him to do much but and, and still allow him to thrive. And so you may think of him like a, like a, like a, if I can make a traditional sports type of um, comparison, uh, Jojo Pyun is like uh, Patrick Mahomes, very showy, very high uh, variance early on in his career, of course. But when he hits those um, passes, when he hits, completes those plays, right, it looks fantastic. And you're asking yourself, wow, who is this? How can we beat someone like this? Of course, Jojo has his lower moments. But for Ryoma, think of him maybe like, a, you know, uh, maybe disrespectful to him by calling him like a Brock Purdy, but um, a Kirk Cousins, right? Surround him with weapons and he'll thrive. Surround him with great uh, like support cast, not support, but and he'll thrive. And he, this is what he did in this game. His line was 5-1-6. His only death came in through a team fight, you know, kind of chaotic over there. But man, did he play the Azir so well. Um his alts were amazing, his placements, his uh, movements. And, you know, it's no slouch who they face. CLG is one of those teams that could have been in talks for a dark horse. And there's still plenty of good teams, but we just dominated and did not let the gas go. Of course, it did take us a while. This game went long to 38 minutes, not because we faltered, but just because we refused to close the game out. Uh, it were, There was a sloppy fight at the 31-minute mark. Um, but overall, even then, it was it was after that it was just funny watching Inspired and Someday who were the only uh, people left alive. Two tanks out dominated a three v two. Dokla, Palafox, Contracts were all jumping onto them, and yet the Scion was like demolishing them. And uh, Poppy just you know will not die, guys. Someday and Inspired went deathless in this game. Someday had a 2-0-11 scoreline. Inspired had a 1-0-14 scoreline. And majority of the deaths actually came from our best player, FBI. But check this out. FBI had an 11 kills, 4 deaths, 5 assists scoreline. Holy crap. This, this was probably the best FBI game of the split and he did so with so much aggression. So this team, I am fairly confident to say that we can play from anywhere. We can play from the ADC. We can play from mid. We can play from jungle. We can play from top. We can play from support if we want to and have all these different lanes carried 
even into the mid game. So I think the upside is still there. I think the ability to win the split is still there. I think MSI is very much in reach, all because of this game, maybe. Um, but I just don't think we are any worse off than the top three teams right now, and probably top two. Uh, we have that capacity to win against FlyQuest or C9 or 100 Thieves or Team Liquid. We're still putting them in that category. I don't know. Uh, Liquid also went 1-1 this week, and it's kind of uh, interesting to see how they beat FlyQuest and then come back to lose. Um, who did they lose against? TSM? Yeah, they lost against TSM. A high-variance team for them. Anyways, um, certainly Golden Guardians could be also in the talks. I did not mean any disrespect by excluding them. But uh, with that said, let's look into the Super Week. It's final week of the regular season. And we have three games to play. Last time we played the three, the Super Week, we went 3-0. and oh. I hope for the same this uh, time around. But even if we come out with 2-1, and one, I'm still happy. That should put us so, uh, solely into the winner's bracket, which I'll call the 1-up bracket because we have an extra life even losing their first game. So let's turn our attention to Wednesday. We will be the fourth game of the day. We'll go up against Immortals who we had a little trouble with, although they have improved a bit with Bolulu starting. And, but Immortals are still not collecting a lot of wins. They just look much more impressive to sustain the game, and there's a lot more bloodiness factor here. Uh, from a fantasy, uh, daily fantasy, if you play that, I think Evil Geniuses should be circled in one of your lineups that you need to stack based on projected stats, uh, kills per loss, death per win or death per loss, kills per win kind of stats. Um, and then on Thursday, I don't mean to skip the game too much, but the analysis would come down to how healthy are our boys. Is Jojo Pion still uh, ailing, or is he fully healthy? Uh, on the end of the day, we just need to match Immortals' aggression. So I would say... 80 to 89 percent in our favor uh and with that slight chance just like how we lost to dignitas that chance is always there for eg to lose to a lower uh, seated team then on thursday we will be finally the the final test of our split against a top team we will play against their surging hundred thieves who has looked great this past week they've bounced back they are playing now around closer. Uh, they've replaced the th coach, right? And it looks like it's working for them. So we have to be very, very careful with, um, you know, playing against 100 Thieves. Maybe banning out the Lee Sin wouldn't be a bad idea. I just think that closer has a good amount of champion pool uh, in his arsenal. But uh, as long as we can um, kind of mute out closer... The rest of the map, I think we are on par or better than 100 Thieves. Um, so we might put them on a bit of a shaky ground. Sorry, dads. Um, but I sure hope so that we can come away with this game with a victory. Um, it is our game to lose for sure. 
if we are playing at championship level. And then we round out the super week with a matchup against Team Liquid. Now, this time around, Team Liquid is still shaky, but they're much better than the last time we faced them. The last time we faced them, I kind of believe we crushed them and it was not even like a like a contest yeah we had 23 kills they had 12 we took 10 towers they took eight towers two inhibitors one baron two dragons so it was a pretty i believe that was a pretty back and forth game with us with the lead and then we threw the lead and then we kind of sort of close out the game it, it was still overall a very dominant win for us but this time around i think team liquid are fighting for playoff birth and they will give us everything that they got and which version are we going to get are we going to get piosic or are we going to get mark are we going to get a uh heady summit or are we going to get the summit that ends so much that you know people are wondering about him now don't get me wrong summit is still one of the most respected uh, top laner in the lcs it's just not showing as much on stage as it does in scrims or so i heard um, but so not a game to be overlooked, but I'm hoping that by then we know if we locked in the winner's uh, bracket or not. And that could be decided by other games, not us. Certainly, we don't want to overlook this. Going one and two would be a failure on our part. And I think that would push us down to the loser's bracket. Two and one um, makes it safer. Three and oh kind of locks us in for, well... Yeah, locks us in for the, the, the winner's bracket seed. We will be facing against the number two. We cannot, unless C9 really falters, I don't think we can pass C9. Um, I think at best we will be able to tie with FlyQuest if we win it all and they lose all of them, their games. And then that would put us into a tiebreaker scenario, which, you know, uh, wow, okay. I might have to revise that whole last segment because we're only two games behind uh, number one and two, FlyQuest and Cloud9. I forget FlyQuest lost two games uh, now. So they're 12 and three. We are 10 and five. There's a chance for us to climb. So sweeping it gives us that chance to... Um, it, we, we would need C9 and FlyQuest to lose all their games. Um, and so... The, the whole idea still stands that we need to win all our games and FlyQuest and C9 need to lose all their games. They will play each other, so it's not possible. One of them will likely just uh, have a 2-1 week at worst, 3-0 week at best, right? And so uh, that probably solidifies our standings at third place by all accounts. Uh, there would an outside chance of taking second place. Um. And so that's what we have to look forward to in the Super Week. How, what, what results are you expecting? Do you think we'll fall to TL and 100 Thieves? Or maybe Immortals? Maybe we fall to Immortals and then we sweep TL and 100 Thieves? That could happen too. This is evil geniuses we're talking about. All kinds of shenanigans happen with this team. Uh, at the end of the day, I just hope that we are uh, ready for the playoffs, which will start at the end of the month. Uh, I'm, hey, make final, make the finals, and MSI is within reach. Taking a turn, let's pivot to the NACL. Uh, our challenger team was in the challengers playoff, and you know, being a lower seeded team means being uh, paired with a strong team 
we got swept by Cincinnati Fear, and they are such a good team. They are such a good team. So this, this was kind of an expected result. So now we have a chance to stay alive by playing the loser's bracket. We were matched with AOE, who last year was an amazingly strong team, but they are in the loser's bracket as well because they lost to Golden Guardians Challengers. Highly contested game. We played three games. We ended up losing. So thus end the season of Evil Geniuses Challengers. So with that said, that would be it for our boys. I feel for them. Uh, we definitely looking forward to have King back for summer and still hoping that works out. But uh, I think our boys played as well as they could. A lot of uh, good showing by Soul, a lot of good showing by Shiden, a lot of good showing by Ryoma, but it just wasn't enough. But it gives me a sense that this team will be good once we hit the summer, once we hit our full roster going. So any thoughts on the Challenger League? You, you know, all our boys there, they they have the potential to be LCS. Soul has already played in the LCS. Shiden is the up-and-coming, uh, like, jungler that will thrive i think if he falls if he gets an lcs shot ryoma we already seen how good he can be um king is a someone we need to see more of but last year he played very well for c9 uh, academy and then smoothie of course is an lcs talent by all means i wonder if he's still playing remotely and that might be some of the issues that we're facing because of the travel issues with him being in canada for some reason uh, but yeah, that's a quick breakdown of our challenger team and uh, sadly an early exit for our uh, boys and the challenger scene, but we'll come back stronger. Be on the lookout for content. I think uh, they'll still be around either playing solo queue streaming or hopefully champions queue. I don't know. They have more free time now, right? And hopefully they someone takes advantage of it. No one is actually playing in CQ right now, which is sad. Uh, as for closing, there will be a, in the show note, look out for a someday video with an interview with someday and him dropping his K drama list. What has he been watching? What is he looking forward to watch? Find that in the show notes, continue to support our boys. You know, the, the players deserve your love and they continue to pour out their heart to show how good of a players they are. Check out lcsprofile.com, a great creation by co-host Andrea, uh, they made a appearance on the NACL broadcast, I believe, and this is a growing page. If you want to know more about the players specifically, thank you so much, Andrea, for talking LCS and having us a web page to have all their information. So, folks, until next time, live evil. <laughs>